It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. This episode of the Ringer F1 show is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by ArmorAll. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use ArmorAll to prep their team vehicles. From interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner, Armorall, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. Armorall, chosen by champions. It is the Ring Rap Point Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Clark. Join. We're so back. We're so, so back. back. Nate Saunders. Uh, he's from ESPN. Longtime guest, I would say. I would say maybe aside from Spanners and Meg Schuster, who are contracted you know, yeah. for a job to do yeah. this, um, yeah. you're the number one guy. You're like the Alec Baldwin of the Ring Rap I mean, Show. You're in the club. That is that's high praise. First yeah. of all, I'm I'm, I'm honoured to be. Do you even know to Baldwin? It, SNL. It's an SNL. Yeah, thing. yeah. yeah no, like I've, I've, I've slowly. I've actually. I've, I've come to know the Baldwins pretty late. I've got yeah. to say, but no, I get the reference. Um, I think as well. So we've done a few on Zoom, haven't we? The last one we did in person was out the back of the car. It was a famous car park one. A famous which one. Which I would say, Lawrence was there too. Um, we just saw him, your colleague at ESPN. I would also say that, um, and I brought this up yesterday in the pod as well, the underrated part of it, because everyone brings it up, is how much dust was being kicked in our face so by much. like Alpha Towery vans yep. going through. Yep. I will say this. I'm going to depress everybody right now. I parked in that parking lot yesterday, and every single team has like a car service that brings whatever and so i'm in that parking lot and i'm way down way down the parking lot it goes forever and then parked next to me was a van that nick devries was getting into oh, no so way. not all f1 drivers lives are created alike yeah well that's funny you mentioned nick devries i had a, i had an experience with nick devries in that car but uh, in that in that road on this would have been thursday we parked right at the bottom is that like his you. spot did he take our he, spot he in that parking be, lot yeah he must do he must park down there because i saw him was this Thursday or yesterday? Whichever day it was, we got out of the car. We said, hey, Nick, how's it going? Um, and a, a golf buggy picked him up. He walked yeah. ahead of us. You know, we had a quick, quick, quick chat. This buggy turns around and Nick says, no, um, I asked him to come back and get you. And I was oh, like, my oh. God. And, I, and, and, and we joked later. We're like, clearly that's a driver under pressure because he's like, oh, some journalists here better, you know, Better do oh, a nice thing for that's them, extend so them on sad. But I thought it was really nice, and you know, what a I, nice man. Yeah, and look, I'm being I'm being cynical, aren't I? Yes. I'm like he was only you nice because he's doing badly. Um, but that was nice, and but it shows you that drivers, you know, some of them get dropped off up at the bridge that we walk over. Some of them just walk the whole way. You know, it's so it's a status thing, isn't it? I think DeVries and some of the other guys just. Walk I it. love that. I, yeah, I just same. really loved seeing that because I don't think I think that there and I actually saw it. There are kind of team vans that drop off drivers, kind yeah. of at a VIP entrance, and they get ushered in. 
the top drivers. You, you can probably guess who, who those folks are. And then <laughs> yeah. there's other guys who are literally, I think DeVries was carrying like a hanging piece with his stuff. Yes, that's it. right. Yeah, he yeah, did yeah, the yeah, same yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. there. And again, like you say, just adorable to see. You're like, that's really nice. And you just don't see, I, I just kind of think that we we all just imagine this sort of jet setting thing. And when you're around it, it, it is for a lot of guys. It is. Yeah. And like the celebrities here today, um, Jimmy Butler was in was in the paddock as a, as a good example. Um, I will say what was very funny, speaking of, of kind of the paddock and the crowd, Charles Leclerc, who we'll talk about in a second here because he had an, um, a practice session to crash that was really only the news. Really Pretty the much only the news, only thing. Yeah, yeah, that happened today. Um, I don't either, either people don't know he crashed or people don't care because when he was walking <laughs> in the long way in the paddock, it was a lot of people screaming his name and trying to take selfies with him or otherwise just kind of doing the thing. If he's moving too fast, where you just kind of stand next to him and hope the photo gets taken by someone in your, in your family or whatever. Um, and he kind of gave this wave to the, the crowd above and then he looked directly into the camera, like Jim Halbert from the office <laughs> yeah. or, uh, what's, what's Martin Freeman's character in the office? Um, Tim, Tim, yeah, Tim. Tim for our British audience, for like, our British like audience. yeah, uh, just look directly into the camera. Like, I cannot believe I'm, these people want me <laughs> yes. to wave, and then I'm waving. That's I just a perfect way to know. put it. I, I can actually picture him doing yes. that now. In my it was head, and that's, so that's great. I, I hope I can find it on social media. It was so great. But also, I think those moments with with Charles, if you put. I've realized this with him. If you put the music he released yeah. to a lot of clips of Charles Leclerc, they're perfect. It was that very melancholic, like very very sad sounding song oh. about Australia. That piano I haven't song. listened. So I, I uh, heard him play on Beyond the Grid, right? Yes, but I haven't yeah, yeah. listened to the singles he's released. It's actually really good. The guy is really talented. Like he's one of those annoyingly talented people you went to school with. Erica, can we get some of this? Some Charles Leclerc songs? Are we Let's can Spotify. I, mean, we'll be, I don't know about Apple, but Spotify. <laughs> we can we can cook now with that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. all right. We'll Thank be you, sad, Erica. But we Producer can, we can Erica, listen. by the way, is now here um, in, on site in, in Miami. So the production value is going to go way, way up. Um, I have a question about, and I want to talk about Leclerc here in a second, because you've emailed Ferrari and we might get some Half. real-time news. Yes. Um, so I'm just going to stall here for a second because I've had a question on my brain all day because I saw one of your colleagues and I said, hey, do they open the pit lane between the practices? And the person was like, I have no idea. Like, I really, I really don't know because I, I really, and he wasn't being cynical. He was just no, like, I no, don't care no. because there are things for me where I don't, I don't care in NFL football because yeah. it's like, oh, it, you can view this period of practice, or whatever. It's like, well, I mean, I'm actually here to do X, Y, and Z today. I don't need to look at that. Right. Um, sometimes I do want to view, you know, whatever at, at NFL practice, but sometimes I don't have to. And so. All I care about today, all I cared about today, um, aside from just making sure there were sort of no disasters on track, um, and maybe Ferrari had one, but it sounds like they did not. Um, but going into the garage and seeing them do the the you know the pit practice, seeing them rev the engine, seeing the drivers get in, so cool to be around the power of that. So okay? cool, yeah. And so I just was going up and down, me and, and Meg Schuster and our former colleague, Sam Shuby, uh, now of GQ, we were just going up and down just watching, especially when the, the kind of the paddock pass holders leave and it's just the media and it's like five people watching and you're suddenly but that's the moment when you get that anxiety of like am, like, I, am I meant I supposed to be, to be my, yeah, yeah. My, I get i've been hit by two cars that. in my life and <laughs> those cars would have that would have ended me there yeah, yeah. would not have been a gray area any of those cars and so you're there it's like five people that's like am i okay yeah, here? you keep looking at someone yeah. and you're like yep, okay. no they seem to and be so not kicking me off the the long point i'm making is that the people who were here you were not there. The people who are here every single week do not care about those sort of moments of just taking that in. You care. You've told me you care about the, the grid walk on Sunday yeah, and seeing that. it all and all that yeah. stuff. 
I guess my question is this. As someone who studies it at a deeper level, that wants all this information, what do you look at? What do you value on the days that are not race day? Like, I, I take it you glean stuff from, from media. I take, or, sorry, from, uh, from the press conferences. I take it that you, um, you, you obviously learn information when you're walking up and down. But like, when you're saying, like, I have to see this because this is going to tell me what the teams are looking like this week, mm-hmm. what is it? Yeah, so it's a really good question. And I think that there's some races. So I remember... Spain is one I've always gone to the pit lane since since they've had this rule where you can get, where you can go down and have that show and tell because there's so many upgrades in Spain Ooh. and because you can you know I'm not the most technically minded journalist out there but what I'm very good at doing is reading a lot of articles and being like right I need to learn X Y Z this weekend or look for these things yeah you go down to the you go down to that area and often you'll see a journalist and you're like this guy probably can explain this to me in layman's terms like you're like that looks different to what they had on the car before. Is it good? Is it bad? Yeah. You then start seeing what social media is saying. So you can you can almost start conversations or or stories or whatever based on going down there and realizing, okay, they've done this today. I mean, for example, when when all the cars rolled out uh, in Bahrain last year, and Mercedes didn't have that side pod, people were going down there and looking at it and being like, no, it's weirder in person. Like it's it's even it's even it's even stranger. So in Imola, for example, when they bring this new car uh, in in two weeks' time, I'll be there. That's one I'm going to go down to because I think everybody's going to go straight to that car, and you're going to say, right? You, so you know, I'm going to save a picture of the of, of what it looked like. You almost hold it up next to it. You know, it's it's that basic. You know, when you when you're looking at it like that, and you're like, okay, they've changed X, Y, Z. Is that going to make the car faster? You find people who know what they're talking about in the paddock when it comes to the technical stuff. You say, why have they done this? Why have they moved in this direction? What does that suggest about the car? What does that suggest about the upgrades? Where the team's at? Um, so those are the kind of things you're looking for in the pit lane. Um, but also what's fascinating is just watching the way these teams work and you actually get, if, did you see any pit stop practice when you were down there? I saw it yesterday. Yeah. Aston was uh, looking good. Yeah. Those things are amazing. And so, so when you're actually there during like a, you know, and this, this stuff happening, you see how different teams operate in slightly different ways and you start seeing slight different things, even, even if it's the way they run out of the garage with their equipment, whether it's. You know, you, and, and and you start to think maybe that team is more efficient than this team, and you can kind of see yes. it from what you're looking at, and that that becomes fascinating because you're almost guessing. You're like those three teams are quick at doing this, and they're all doing this thing. You know, whether it's they bring the tires out in a certain way, this team keep messing up their pit stops. Yes. they're not doing it, and you suddenly think, oh, that's interesting. Can I ask an incredibly stupid question? Of course not. Uh, sorry, Red of course Bull. You Red Bull had two <laughs> things I noticed. Number one, they did not. They had their car together. Yeah earlier than anybody else. Everybody else is there's wings all over the place and and whatever it would look like a, a chop shop in some of these places, right? <laughs> yeah. And Red Bull was just ready to rock automatically. And then the other thing is that Lewis was not there at 5:29 p.m. Yeah. Can I read into either of those things? No, I think I think they're both very good observations and um Red Bull <clears throat> we've always seen I think that the team that's been dominating has always just has exactly that. So I, I always, when I talk about you can about read this, into the fact that they don't take their car apart totally. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I didn't they're, know that. Well, I think because I think what what you're showing a is that they're very very comfortable with where they're yes. set up, yes. just generally like their global setup, as they say. Um, but also, I mean, to, to 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 roll back the years and go back to the beginning of seasons when we used to go preseason testing, and Mercedes were way ahead of everyone. The first day of testing would start, and you'd hear the engine of the Mercedes. They'd be straight out the pit lane. Boom, they'd do fifty laps yeah, before yeah, anyone yeah. else did twenty. And it's just that confidence in, we know what we have with this package. The changes Red Bull are making are probably very small at this point. Whereas if you're a team that's in a bit more trouble, you know, if you're in McLaren, you know, at the start of the season, you're making wholesale changes every kind of session. You're like, this didn't work. Let's go this way and see where we're at. You know, and it's not always a bad thing, you know, if a team's taking the car apart. 
but it suggests they're looking for something that they haven't found yet, if that makes sense. As for Lewis, um, it's quite interesting. A lot of drivers are very different. You know, Vettel was famous for being somebody who loved to be around the team, see what was going on. Um, and some drivers just kind of trust the team, come back the next day and say, what's going on? Um, and I think Lewis is a bit more like that. Um, but it's funny because stuff like that can give drivers a bad reputation, but I think Lewis is very, has become very, very good. I think, from what he, I've I think he's established himself. I yeah, think he's going right. to make it. I yeah, think Lewis is going to exactly. make it. And it's like, he's obviously learned a system where he doesn't need to be. Right. He doesn't need to be there, you know, micromanaging the car. He trusts the team and he always talks about the trust of Mercedes. Um, but it is interesting. And, and some of the drivers, you know, they spend less time noticeably yeah. this time looking at that I stuff. just think it's fascinating and I could, I didn't actually see a driver who was there super early Esteban Ocon was there very yeah. early at his car most of the car most of the drivers got there and we're, we're dealing with a, diff- a difference of, of four minutes here. yeah yeah um, and there were a couple other drivers Max wasn't as wasn't in his car until a, a little bit later he was taking his time driving so just fascinating just tea leaves reading that's what you do on a Friday um, you, you don't get a lot go ahead and I, no, and I remember when when Ricardo was struggling at McLaren you'd see him more and more and more yeah, yeah, in those yeah, sessions yeah. so you can see into the mind to some drivers you know some are struggling and maybe they shy away from it you know they're almost you know there's almost a fear to 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 get stuck into the weeds a bit ricardo was down there a lot and that's one of the things when when he left mclaren and him both said we don't really know why i can't find this form yeah, he was really looking for it. And so was the team. That's why it's such a strange situation. He never found it. It reminds me of a football coach told me this years ago about how if a older player is like noticeably increasing his time in the weight room he's going to be the first guy cut. Yeah. Because yeah, he's just yeah. like, oh, oh wait, wait, wait. I know I've lost a step. I'm, I've got to show up at 6 a.m. and be in the weight room for that's no reason. For no reason. And and, and it, you might even not, that might be just a subconscious yes, thought yes, as well, right? That's like, crazy. I, yeah, I hadn't hurt. thought of that. Um, couple things about this. Um, number one is that I will say this, that uh, I saw Lewis sprinting to to w- session one mm-hmm. and right by your colleague Lawrence and I, right by us, sprinted right by us. And all I could think about was if my feet are not tucked in, I'm going to change the course of world sport. <laughs> yeah, like, that's right, the one yeah. thing I get yeah, about yeah. this, right? Like I, I'm going to be like Larry David tripping Shaq and just like that's the the, the intimacy of the paddock is is that. It is like that. And it you're is just like, like wow, I'm just really glad that my feet were tucked in because I didn't, I didn't know. Um, the other, the other thing I think uh, I, I want to, I really wanted to be in the background because the only other people there were Sky and there was um, Jensen Button uh, was doing his, his stand up front of the Mercedes gear. And I was going to do a bit where I got behind them and looked in the Mercedes garage because right there, right, could have been kind of right in front of the car and just looked and made sure I, like I was approving of everything. Just kind of <laughs> yeah, like yeah. really so dramatically being like, that looks good. No, 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 boys. That looks good. Yeah, good yeah, yeah. The wrench. Could we reevaluate the wrench <laughs> usage there? I didn't like that. I thought I tried to do it, and then they they didn't know I was going to do it. But then they uh, they moved it before even I could even attempt to do it. They moved the shots so that they were right in front of it, probably because they saw a guy that was like this is a guy is going to be trying to be a clown. And they've probably seen that before. I reckon they've seen that routine at least. No, once. I know. No, you don't no, think so? Mm, no. Maybe. I, no. I, don't, I don't think that's ever <laughs> happened. I, I don't mean, think that's it, ever happened. I think it's funny because F one teams just generally. Especially Ferrari, like the, the, it's become quite, you know, a, a meme almost that they're they're great for just covering up their car whenever they can. Mm-hmm. And some teams get so paranoid if they see someone who's been staring into the garage for upwards of five seconds, they're like, "That guy's clearly a plant from another team." You know, let's <laughs> let's all let's all shuffle away. Let's all get the That's car out football of you. Coach yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's get into this. Miami year two. I think that the conversation here and the conversation in the states is totally different than mm-hmm. the conversation internationally because I saw a couple saw a couple of people not people who are here but kind of F1 commenters let's say 
um, who were like, man, this Miami track is soulless. Like, I saw some of that. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know if yeah, you saw right, that today right. where there was kind of a, an idea going around. It's like, you know, the kind of the modern, the epitome of modern F1 kind of cookie cutter kind of deal, which, by the way, they tried to avoid with that. The, the yeah, turnpike right. bit, the Formula E bit, as it was called. Um, what was it? <laughs> I forget what the exact, uh, the, the exact insult was of that turn. Um, but I guess the question is, Miami year two, like, what a people think i mean it's obvious the drivers like coming here yeah but you need more than that to establish a great race yeah no you're absolutely right and i think the drivers the, the one thing miami's got absolutely nailed from from the first minute is they've made it a destination that the drivers like they circle it in their calendars like i can't wait for miami um and i think what they've done this year that's been very smart is they've you know they had some big missteps last year you know a lot of fans left here not having had a good time and that's for a number of factors, you know, lack of shade, lack of water. Some VIPs had a terrible time. They've addressed those things. They've obviously put things in the paddock. They've given themselves a gimmick. Well, not a gimmick, sorry, but a, something that they can say, look, we've done this differently. And I think that paddock does stand itself aside from... It's awesome. Paddocks. It's incredible. And then... You just put all just of that for there. first time listeners, they split the paddock sorry, and now yeah. all the team headquarters and hospitality is on the field. On so the you field of the Dolphins. tunnel, which yeah. crucially goes through a clubhouse, which now exists, which has air conditioning. Yes, exactly. And... The part of the genius of this, I think, was that they they clearly realized right we need we need to spread the paddock out. Last year was a bit a bit closed up, and they suddenly obviously looked around uh, and they thought we've got a whole stadium here that is completely shaded for most of the day, so fans can just get into the stadium and kind of watch us as we're interviewing drivers as drivers are walking around. So that's been a really great thing, and obviously it's a funny thing to talk about because most fans will still see the one thing they'll see the track action as you were saying. I mean, I've got to say, last year. I was so caught up in the hype of Miami. The race was kind of a bit deflating. Meeting like, oh, me in was... person. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, doing a Kevin Clark pod in yeah. person. Distracted by the fact that I lost Completely. my voice. Yeah, right. Just like, I was like, I'm going to carry maniac? the pod for him. I mean, that's a the big weird, moment. The weirdest <laughs> thing is, and I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but you were introducing me to all these people. You were yeah. so, you're so generous. You're one of the most generous journalists I've ever oh, met. And you're going on introducing me to all these people who could be on my pod, like Chris Medlins, folks like that. And you're like, this is Kevin. He has the most popular. You were croaking back at the. You had the most. He has the most popular American F1 podcast. If you look at the charts, right? And I would be like, oh, hey, great to meet you. But it was in the worst voice in the history of <laughs> yeah. the world. Just like trying so hard to just like you were say like forcing words, words out. Just I remember. death rattle. Yeah. And all of these people were like, yeah, buddy, yeah, buddy, you're a podcast host. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Am I right in saying by Sunday your voice had gone completely? It was oh, almost it was almost a non-existent. Yeah. Erica remembers this. I tr I kept trying to do the intro and I kept not doing it. <laughs> right. And I kept just being, I was like, can we find like a different intro? Can we like use AI? Can yeah, we yeah. Use CGI but this is before chatbot was a big thing. Yeah, you yeah, probably yeah, a year yeah, later yeah, you'd have been fine. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, keep going. So the the the, the way my, you viewed Miami last year. Yeah, so 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 they've done all these things kind of on an on a on a aesthetic level, you know, which which helps if you're here. But I think there's two sides to every race. You, you've got what fans in attendance see, which is big, but most people's opinion is going to be formed what they see on TV, right? And I remember coming here last year, got caught up in the hype of it all and found the track and the race to be pretty underwhelming. It wasn't a great race. So I kind of left and I was like, the Miami circuit's not, not very good. And then this year, I was kind of watching circuits of it again, I was, uh, videos of it again. I was like, the circuit's not terrible. You know, it's, it's, it's new and it needs, I think, you always remember the last race. You always remember the most boring race of a circuit. Mm -hmm. But if you look at Baku as a great example, it's historically has had terrible race, incredible race, terrible race, incredible race. There's never been a middle ground there. So if you take, if in 2016, I remember when people went back to Baku, they said, this, this track's terrible. It's mm -hmm. awful. And it's because all they had to remember it by was the one race that had mm -hmm. there. And I think Miami, there's got a bit of that at the moment. I think the circuit, it's difficult when you've got 
a circuit where if, if this had been in downtown Miami and you'd had palm trees and you'd had, you know, the, you know, the, the, the water and you'd had everything, I think visually it'd look a lot different, you know, but what you've got here is the, the classic thing that was always said was a parking lot race, a car park race, wasn't it? And I think that is a hard thing to Caesar, escape. The Caesar's famous Caesar's yeah, Palace. Right, exactly. you, you can't have a race in a car park. And that is the one thing I think this race needs to solve is how do you film this race without it looking like that? You know the real I mean? water's not doing it for you. Yeah, yeah, right, no. I haven't seen well, it. I'm going to see it tomorrow. Well, what's fascinating, isn't it, as well, is that last year there was so much talk about that fake marina because it was fun, it was new. This year, I haven't heard anyone really well, talk about it. Well, I think people it. still think it's a fake marina. Yeah, they right. haven't heard about They yeah. don't know about that, that upgrade package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard there's a great picture of it flooded during the, the rain they've had here. And they were t- thinking here of, of tweeting out and being like, guys, we've, we've updated. But they thought we people might not get that. So, you know, that's how, well, how much they, you know, that is. Sebastian Vettel could have also retweeted that because he had some <laughs> thoughts about this particular yeah, track yeah. being underwater at some point. But um, sorry, so I'm going around in circles a little bit. So I think my my thought on it is I don't think I think soulless is an unfair word because there is real soul here. That's the that's the point I'm making about the the paddock. They've really installed something. It's very, also very Miami, which is the point. Right, exactly. They've installed something that actually I think that that paddock is going to become something that's very, very famous and very, very popular about this race. One thing that was great, you mentioned about Lewis Hamilton running past you. It was great as a people watching spot today. I'm sure you felt the same way. I saw, for, and because what's happened, and drivers will tell you, the best paddock a driver can have is one where he can go from hospitality to the back of the garage like that, in a, you know, in the blink of an eye. These guys now have got to run from the pitch through the clubhouse that you mentioned, kind of through that weird little mazy bit that then leads to where we had the paddock last year, then get through the crowds that might be there, then to the garage. I saw Alonso mobbed by all these people and he just he just sprinted. Yes. I saw Lewis do the same thing. So it's it's created this really fascinating thing where these fans are like, I can, I can get these autographs and whatever, and they can probably just chase them. I've never seen it before. So yeah. that's kind of colorful. It's kind of funny. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash! Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold, slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven. And your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. Yeah. 
So I, I want to ask about that. Is this different in that regard? So just so the listener knows, the way that this is operating right now is you there, there's a ton of VIPs. And that was something mm-hmm. I think was it maybe Checo last year. It was just like there's just too many people in the yeah, paddock. Yeah, he was he and, was very and, and instead yeah. of cutting down the number of people in the paddock, they just expanded the paddock. They were like, if there's more paddock, yeah. <laughs> then it's fine. Would it be easier, Checo, if we put <laughs> yeah. everything in the football stadium? Because we're definitely not going to cut. Like, the th- the yeah. thing about, first of all, there's people who just pay exorbitant amounts of money to be in the paddock. Absolutely. Then the second part is, and, and Michael Bowen and I talked about this on Sunday last year, which was the real day that, that it was just, <laughs> yeah. you couldn't move. There's just too many people who want to be here that you can't say no to. Yeah, right. Um, and then you get the normal sponsors, kind of, you know, that, that, that sort of thing. Um, and there's people you don't even know who are like crucial. Yeah. To, you know, I was joking with a, with a friend of mine today where it's like, you know, some, some of these guys who are in the paddock, it's just like they happen to be, they happen to move more Mercedes in random states than you, than you could <laughs> right, ever imagine. Yeah, yeah. And like their, their, their thank you is so they they to top, spend top th- of the yeah, list. 35 yeah, right. seconds in the Mercedes garage. Like it's just things you don't even think about. Remember, yeah. you're not just selling cars, you're selling your sponsors and you're selling, Absolutely. You're, if you're, you're a, if you're a works dream, team, thing, if you're a yeah. works team, you have, you're trying to s- literally sell cars is what, what, what's the thing? When uh, oh God damn it, I'm gonna NASCAR fans are gonna be so mad at me. What's the, the the rhyme about winning on Sunday and then selling on Monday? Oh, oh man, the oh, NASCAR yeah, yeah. fans are gonna be so mad it's at me. Like, it is I heard it the other it's, day. It's, it's you win it, you you win a race Sunday, you sell like a thousand cars on Monday. Yes, or something but there's like a that. rhyme. There's a yeah, rhyme. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I screwed also, it up. No, so it's, it's, I'm so it, tired. I've walked like eight miles. <laughs> I'm sorry to the NASCAR community about the this. And I've heard of an F1 too. Yeah. Um, I forget. It was the, they actually said it recently on the when the Alpine one of the Alpine guys was on the um Beyond the Great F1 podcast. Anyway, um, point being is that I'd, I'd like to know like is this common where basically drivers have to have strategies to get out of the crowds because Lewis had it last year where so Angela would kind of his his uh his his person would put the scooter kind of in the garage that's right and then he they would kind of have part the waters and then he would scooter out as fast as humanly possible. It's yeah. like seeing like it's and he's fast on that. It's like thing. seeing Secret Service and yeah. it's like, oh yeah, here yeah. we go. Yeah. And um some drivers are are okay with that. Some drivers understand it. I mean, like I saw um like some there was a guy today who just like literally just kind of threw his wife at Carlos signs <laughs> and was just like take a photo with her. And he was just like, oh, okay. And like some of these guys are more understanding than others. Others yeah. are just like, I'm walking really quickly, take a selfie with me. I guess my question is, is this normal? Well, it's it's not normal to have this many people kind of clamoring. I think that's the main takeaway. I think one of the things that's crazy, and you're absolutely right about this, there's different tiers of people here. I saw earlier there were two Make-A-Wish kids who were down at Red Bull and they that's wanted great. to get an autograph from Max. And someone just pushed his way in front oh, and tried to get one. God. And fair play to Gemma at Red Bull, who I'm going to give a shout out to because obviously she knew these yeah, kids of course. You know, where, where they were from. She pulled this guy out of the way and said, no, like this, you know, yeah, this these kids are way ahead yeah, of yeah, you of and got them time. So I think people, I think the more people there are, the more kind of loose cannons you have in that sense. You yeah. don't kind of respect the boundaries of not just the drivers, but other people there. But there's some races where it's pretty quiet and that's sometimes because of the way the paddock is set up. So Austria sometimes can be quite a quiet one. Um, but then there are parts where they go outside and they get mobbed more because there's a bigger concentration of fans outside in certain areas. So I think that the thing that's unique about here is that this is the first, what I will say, this is the first race where I've heard um, team personnel who I know who, who work closely with drivers saying, we're actually thinking next time we come to Miami and probably for Austin and Vegas, um, we're probably going to need some kind of security with us just to be safe, just oh. to be sure. Lewis has a couple guys that yeah, are always yeah, with yeah. him. 
Um, and so I heard guys who are maybe further down the grid and haven't previously thought they needed it were like, we're probably going to bring more people in tomorrow just to be safe. Wow. And it's not even just a, a safety thing. It's more just a crowd control crowd thing. Crowd control a, thing. Like we, wanted, yeah. we need to get here. You know, Daniel Ricardo today was, I spoke to him very, very briefly earlier and he said, it's crazy. He's like, I'm not driving an F1 anymore. And I'd be more, well, he's, more he's than a different, he's a different yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's like a whole different, uh, that, I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah. Isn't it? He's kind of almost Trust as popular me, I as saw, anyone. I saw Mick Schumacher. There was not a Daniel Ricardo s crowd around no, Mick Schumacher. What, and that's true. I, I saw, and the funny thing was I saw Logan Sargent and that wasn't happening. So it shows yeah. you the, 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 the local angle. Well, I actually thing. don't think that there's many Miami people in the paddock. No, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, cause down in Miami, I kept asking people, I went out on Tuesday, uh, with, when I was trying to keep the jet lag, you know, when you're trying to stay yeah, awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask people at a, a, a bar we found in Miami Beach, and a lot of them were like, "The race? Oh, the Formula One yeah, race!" Yeah, 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 so it was very. It did. It did seem like that in my very, you know, in my poll of what ten people. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy, and I wish. And this is my last point on sort of the paddock and, and the vibe around here. Is I wish there was almost like a. I wish it was like a, a way to explain the etiquette of it mm -hmm. for the fans because the thing is, is that there are times when Fernando Alonso will be leisurely walking through. Yeah the paddock village or whatever and you can stop my like christian horner great example after fp2 was walking through and he probably took 10 selfies he just yeah. kind of stood there and everybody kind of did it and there are times when christian horner can't take 10 selfies yeah. and it's like just calm down a little bit you don't the problem is that people stick their phones in these drivers faces when they're like yeah. going to work you know and, and that, sometimes they're thinking sometimes they're walking crazy. to a meeting or they're walking yeah. to a structure and they're thinking you know they're thinking these things through and suddenly you know someone's like smile and they're like Horner, Horner's a good example. He's got, he's got like a selfie face oh, yeah. that he pulls. And that's not just he's a knock at him. It. All of them have it. And they've got to, right? Because they, they get it all the time. And it's like, yep, cool. Anyway, they want to look like they're happy, but not too happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by this, by the whole by the whole thing, the whole scene here, because that's yep. what this is. This has become a scene. All right, let's talk about the season real quick. Um, what are you watching? Like, it was so <laughs> amazing. I talked about some yesterday's episode where George Russell says, you know, just watch P3 if you want to, you know, it's yeah, almost right. like college football now where we know, we know what's going to happen at the end. And, and we, we go from there. Um, and I thought it was, there's a couple of things that were amazing, but it's almost like Red Bull is out of sight, out of mind. It's like, all right, you guys deal with what you're going to deal with yeah. and we'll be back here trying to figure it out. What are you watching competitively? Like what gets you going when you, when you wake up on a, on a race Sunday? Well, I think the biggest thing, I mean, and this is where the sprint was interesting. Um, whenever there's obviously the, there was kind of the, the tantalizing idea that, that Charles might've been able to fight the Red Bulls when he was on pole. Yeah the sprint race kind of showed us ahead of the race that wasn't the case which kind of took some of the sting out of the race i think for me do we, do we have a stat is it now that uh is it now checo has also won as many races on leclerc pole i think as, yeah, he's won he's won seven Charles now yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah you're right and that, is, that is the number. as well yeah so anytime leclerc gets a pole you can just go ahead and write yeah that's great that that is crazy uh, when you think about it like that um but i think in terms of what you're watching i mean f1 i always say to people when especially in a season like this when it's not been great early on. <clears throat> F1 always has an amazing ability to yes. just out of nowhere throw in an absolute classic of a race. You need one rainstorm at the wrong moment. You need yes. one driver crashing just before, just after the pit stops or We couldn't even get Russell versus Verstappen. We couldn't yeah. even get that yeah. for more than an hour. Exactly. So I think this season's been, it's been weird. I think it's been a very, we've had four very extreme races where not a lot's happened. But I think that to be honest with you, like, I mean, Bahrain was a good example. You know, you we, we suddenly had this great story with Fernando Alonso. He's catching a driver. He catches Lewis, passes him. So there's things like that to watch. Um, and I remember growing up in the Schumacher era, you know, often the best fight was yes. for fifth. Uh, and you were watching it and you were waiting for that moment to happen. Um, and I think that, you know, you can't go into every race expecting to be the best race you've ever seen. 
Um, but I think that this season, I mean, Baku was one of the first races I was like, this for I can remember watching for a long time. I was like, this is difficult to keep on. Uh, but that was also because you just knew everyone was stuck behind each other. So those fights for second that you talk about yeah. weren't there. But um, I think any fight for points, I think, is great. And when when you see two drivers going wheel to wheel, even if it's for like 13th, that immediately gets the attention because that ultimately is what the sport's about. It's just a shame sometimes it's not for the top positions. Since I started watching Formula One, I think uh, I think that was 2017. I think so. Um, there's been a handful of fake title contenders, title... Yeah, Bottas 2.0, yeah, 3.0, 4.0. Bottas is, is, is the best example. Even I mean, even some of those Vettel years where you're just like, oh, yeah, okay. It was played up. A little, like, bit of, a little bit of Arsenal situation there. For my, <laughs> for, that's my second that's my second shout out to my UK listeners. Is, nice, uh, that's good. We knew Arsenal was going to fade. And a lot of people have switched off right now because that's there's a lot of pain for Arsenal fans yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can just go ahead and... Unsubscribe. Don't unsubscribe. Yeah, don't, don't, no. Not, no, unsubscribe from your pod. Uh, from my pod, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to... Sorry, that sounded awful. PN pod with Lawrence and Katie George. You guys can unsubscribe from that in, <laughs> yeah. in retaliation. The anti-Arsenal pod that yeah, is unlapsed. Anti-Arsenal pod. Uh, pod. Um, and so I, I, I guess the question is, what does Checo have to do for this not to be fake? What does this have to do to where we're actually in the summer and we're in the, the sort of heartbeat of the F1 season we're saying, holy crap. Like yeah. this, you know, this, this, this was, is, this could not, happen. we're not laughing this off. Yeah. So I think the best thing he needs to do is he needs to find as many review DVDs of 2016 as he can when Rosberg beat yeah. Lewis, because I can remember that was the, when I started covering F1 in 2014. So I saw that whole Lewis Rosberg thing kind of play out and I, you know, I was covering it from, from, you know, the job I'm doing now. And I would tell you for the first year, no one really believed Rosberg could do it, even kind of going into that finale. Then 15, no one thought he could do it. Everyone was like, he's not as good. It was a similar narrative to what we've got with Perez now. Then 16, for about seven or eight races that season, everyone was like, he's not going to win. Even though he had a huge lead in the championship at that point, yeah. no one believed he could. What changed things was, Lewis was having a lot of bad luck that year, but you can never take that away from the other guy, right? Because that's not their fault. What Rosberg was doing was every single race, he would come in and he was the most boring man alive for about six months. He would just say, <laughs> he would say in every media session, I'm just, I'm just focusing on this race. He gave us nothing. He gave no quotes. He didn't start any. He, he, he said things that I think got under Lewis's skin in a weird way, but didn't come back to haunt him in any way. And he started going from a guy that was, could occasionally outqualify Lewis to someone who every week was finishing second if Lewis won and sometimes was winning. So the, the points difference when it's just you and your teammate, every race it's like, I'm either going to gain seven or lose seven on my teammate. What Perez needs to do is just keep doing that because at some point Verstappen's not going to finish a race. Perez needs to make sure that when that happens, he not only wins that race, but he's close enough in the championship that that 26-point or 25-point swing is big enough. So right now, obviously, he's great at sprint races and Friday today has suggested maybe he's not going to be as quick here. What he needs to do is, I think, the early... Um, I think problem he could run into is think he's got to beat Max every week. I actually don't think he needs to do that to be champion. I think he needs to stay right behind Max all the time, pick up pieces where he can, and at some point you're going to get some luck come your way. And maybe he can get under Max's skin. We've seen that maybe happen at a few races recently, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it will take a lot for me to, to believe Perez can win the championship, but I think it's very doable and there's a lot of steps he can follow to do that. He's clearly quick. He's clearly very confident at certain circuits. He just needs to slowly chip away be more consistent, slowly chip away at Max in that way. And to be honest with you, he's got to wait. He's just got to wait yes. for that moment because there will be a time, there will be something when Max doesn't finish a race. But the, the key will be, is Perez 50 points behind when that happens? Or is he 12 points behind, yep. 20 points behind? And suddenly that's a whole different ball game if that happens. 
Has there been a change in Max? Because you had on this. Has there been a change in Max since he won the championship? And I, I would say, and I was talking about this yesterday, but after Abu Dhabi, it's not like you get to come back the next season and you're the conquering hero because there's yeah. still so many questions about it, whatever. So they wins last year in a much more dominant fashion. And I'm curious if you think there's been a change in his mentality this year. Is he more of himself? And 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 kind of the reason I'm getting to this is if he gets kind of punched in the mouth by Checo in a racing sense and, and yeah. Checo goes on a run and wins a couple of races. Do you think that, that, that the, his mentality, that Max's mentality has changed to the point that this, you know, he could, he could, it could get under his skin easier. I mean, I, I guess you can take that wherever you want, but I'm just curious about Max's um, competitive edge, his personality right now and, and where can it kind of that develops if Checo is a serious threat? Yeah. It's a really good question. And I think there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. I think with the one thing I've noticed, that's very very obvious is you could you could tell even though max was a guy that always projected the whole i don't really care about you know yeah i'm not not that he wasn't bothered about winning a championship because he always said he was but someone who was like but you know it doesn't keep me up at night you could you could see a, a visible difference in him even the day after he won a championship we did a zoom with him he was so different he, you could tell a weight had been lifted off of him i think since then i think he's lent more into the whole i'm a you know i'm me and i don't care what you think i think he always felt that anyway but he he justifies it less now before he would try and justify a lot more. I think what that means is he's happy to race the way he wants. He's happy to say what he wants on radio to the team. We saw that in Brazil last year. Yeah. I wonder if 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 that had been a you know a race like that before Max had won a championship, would he have felt the confidence to kind of so brazenly go against the team in that way? And I think he's just racing at a point where he knows every weekend. And and I remember Lewis once saying this. He said the whole mindset changes when you turn up at a race weekend and you suddenly realize if I do everything right this weekend, I'm going to win the race. Mm -hmm. Your whole mindset is different. You're you're more relaxed, and it's dangerous when Max is relaxed because he's always so good. Making him relax is when he's at his best. So I think the main thing is he's he's more he's just at more more at ease with the, with who he is, and I and by that I mean I don't think he was struggling with himself before necessarily, but I think he spent a lot of time trying to justify and try and like double down on back backtrack on quotes. Like there was a whole Netflix thing, right? When he's like, "I'm not talking to you guys." I really respected that from him because he was like, I didn't like it, whatever. But he's come back to them since he's won the championship. He's like, look, all right, fine. We can sort this out. But just so you know, if you do it again, I am out for good. And we keep hearing him say, if they do more sprint races, I'm going to leave. I think he's just, he's got to a place now where I think he doesn't view Formula One as he might have done before, where it's like, this is the be all and end all. I think that's still there for him. But I think now he's just like, let's see how many championships I can win. And then I'm, I'll leave when I want to leave. And that, I don't think that actually lends itself to, capitulation very much because I think he's he just comes to every race and thinks he can win um so I hope that made sense so that was a bit of a no it was great um, um it is, I'm sorry it is very funny that he's threatening to quit over sprint well, races it's it's funny isn't it and it's it's because they look like they're going up as well yeah I so, just it's just such a strange thing yeah. to be like I'm actually going to quit because I hate sprint races yeah it is and it's like travel is like everything else is so complicated about the sport and then the yeah, one yeah, yeah. deal breaker is the sprint races yeah right a format change is is <laughs> is going to knock a Formula 1 and you know I think Max if he keeps winning I think very quickly we'll be we'll have that same conversation we were having a few years ago with Lewis and yeah. before with Vettel is, is this going the greatest of all time you know yeah. a few seasons away from that but imagine imagine just walking away from that because he doesn't like sprint racing yeah. it'd be it'd be a funny footnote to a, a great career but, it's um, like Ed Sheeran the other day said he was going to quit music if he lost his copyright trial yeah right yeah, it's yeah. that yeah, yeah, it's yeah. that yeah, many people that. compare Verstappen and, and Sheeran. So yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah, a great that's comparison. Out there. No, that's but, out there. But that's a really good point there on, um, uh, you know, quitting and just that abrupt fashion of it. I think the biggest thing that's changed with Max is that he 
he he is now the kind of guy who I genuinely think could wake up tomorrow and think, you know what, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, and he'd be fine with it, which is crazy because all of his life has been about racing. Yeah, but I think he's he's reached a point in his life where I think I genuinely think he's like I want I want a championship. I really love racing. I love Formula One, but he's he's wired differently to say Lewis, who was like I want to like match Senna's records and all this. But I thought Not, there were retirement rumors for Lewis like every there every were. three weeks when he was really good. Yeah, I just yeah. kind of think that. I think I, I think we love the idea of people quitting when they're on top. Don't yeah, we? we try to retire it because we're not as competitively wired as those guys, right? Yeah, yeah right. And and so I, I, what I think tends to happen with this is you get to a point where you're only competition is yourself, and then you can start turning on yourself, and all of a yes, sudden you just say, definitely. "Okay, I don't want to, I don't want to do this." Yeah, um, yeah. And so that's listen, that, that never happened. Hamilton is here. Those retirement rumors were always overstated. I don't know how close he came. There was one well, off season where he didn't have a contract, and we were kind of just like, "Does he?" I mean, obviously, that was after, after twenty one, after Abu well, Dhabi, right? So right. my theory, and I'm I'm kind of freestyling this, and I have before. Please, um, do, we all we do is I love freestyling right here. Yeah. So I don't know what it was, but in the in the races leading up to Abu Dhabi twenty one, so I was in Brazil when he had that incredible weekend. I was convinced, and I was actually thinking about it in those final laps before Latifi crashed in Abu Dhabi. I thought to myself, if Lewis wins this race, he's going to retire. Because oh. I just felt there was a, it, I mean, it was it would have been such a perfect story. Eighth championship, he beats the you know the young pretender. He he could then almost pass the reins over and be like, you were fantastic. You're going to win many championships. And there were a few things he said in the lead up to it that I was like, well, you could interpret that as he's thinking, you know, if I win this, I'm done. But I think that's the closest he ever came. And I think he genuinely went away that after Abu Dhabi and how it did play out. It does sound like he genuinely considered it. He was like, do I want to go back to sport? They just yeah. did that to me. But other than that, I didn't think Lewis has ever come close. You know, I think his mind was already close to that. But that in that winter he went away, he kind of found some more motivation to be like, I'm going to come back. It's so good for the sport that he's still here. Massively. Him. him, Fernando, I think it would be a real shame to lose either of those guys. Um, but Lewis especially, I think, you know, just, I mean, like losing someone like Daniel was one thing from the grid. I know he's still around. But losing someone like Lewis, like the personality yeah, you'd be yeah, losing yeah. would be, I mean, it'd be such a drain on the on the sport. So yeah, I hope he's around for a long, long time. Uh, did we, do we have a Ferrari update? No, I, I keep looking. I keep getting emails, but none of them are from, uh, none of them seem to be from Ferrari. So uh, no, nothing. Unbelievable. Sounds like I've been ghosted by Ferrari. To your it listeners. didn't look serious. No, it didn't. It didn't. And, and I think that, um, I think that's the key. Uh, often on Fridays, you know when a driver potentially has wrecked their weekend. That didn't look like it. He just got out of shape and was in a position where he's like, and to be honest, there's only one thing he really can do there. If you fight the car too much, you could throw it sideways into the wall. Mm -hmm. You know, going straight on and tapping the wall like he did is probably the best thing to do. So. A Ferrari team member uh, walked past me, dropped his cigarettes, and I don't know what kind of cigarettes they were. I was like, hey, buddy, you dropped your cigarettes. And he profusely thanked me and said, thank you so much. This was my last pack. I, w I wouldn't know. It was <laughs> well, maybe... almost like I wouldn't know what to do without them. I don't know if they bring over Italian cigarettes or not. I haven't looked into it. I don't know if Florida does not have the type of yeah. Of well, maybe that's it. Maybe he doesn't for. like the Miami cigarettes. No, so I like, don't know. We it. have different this laws here. We have yeah, different yeah. laws right, right. Um, here in America. So you just have no idea. This guy was just holding on to dear life with this, with this pack. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I feel like a hero. Yeah, no. I, yeah. I mean, that could have changed for our season. We, we yeah. Let's look back. If if they win this weekend, I'm gonna I'm gonna somehow thread it back to that guy getting to that guy. He could be the guy fixing whatever butts. damage there yeah, is yeah, on the yeah, car this weekend. Yeah. He's got to you got to take the stress <laughs> off, man. You got to take the edge off when, when you're when you got a potential wreck. The whole history Friday of how night. Kevin Clark saved Ferrari's season. Nate we'll Saunders. talk to you. We'll talk to me. We'll talk to everyone. Yeah, I, I, maybe I can identify the guy later. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right.
Nathan, she'll be back later in the season. Um, yeah, absolutely. To, hope do, so. uh, to do a Zoom, unless you just want to come to. I'll just fly over north yeah. of New yeah, York yeah, City. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, I think we're gonna do. Maybe we'll be on the same set on Sunday. I'm gonna do a little bit of ESPN stuff. Maybe you'll be there. I've asked. Well, I've asked you, that you not be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is a conspiracy theory. Well, this is a contro- uh, controversial point, isn't it? Because there's rumors that you have bumped me from the show. I know that might well, not be true. I'm only doing a guest hit. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to hold it against you because, yeah, 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 I, yeah. to be honest, I think there's so many cool, cool, cool things happening on that show, uh, the ESPN Digital Show, that I think the more the merrier we have. And you're, you're on a TV, you aren't you? Or one of us on a, is not there on set. Yeah. He's talking in. I don't know which one of us. I'm going to have you removed from the paddock <laughs> during during you'll whenever get, you'll my get your cigarette guy to be yeah, like, yeah, you, you yeah, owe yeah, me one, yeah, and you'll yeah. say, well, I do have one request. Get rid of this guy from the paddock. Nate Saunders. See you later, buddy. Thanks, dude. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.